Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. I'm Lewis Friedberg, Executive Director of EdSource, with Sarah Tan, our producer. Welcome, Sarah. Good to be here, Lewis. John Fensterwald, my partner in crime on this podcast, has skipped town once again. We look forward to having him back next week. This week was actually a pretty big week in California education. Governor Jerry Brown was very busy signing a number of bills, actually about 100 education bills related to early education, K-12 schools, and community colleges. One was officially ending the high school exit exam, known as the Casey. Another bill that he signed increased the cap on budget reserves that school districts have been under been quite controversial when that was imposed a couple of years ago. Also requires schools to develop a model Native American studies curriculum. Another offers childcare to parents in English as a second language classes as a way to encourage working adults to learn English. Another interesting pre-K bill was limiting, actually severely restricting expulsions in preschool. We'll be talking about that more at the end of the podcast. What we wanted to focus on now was Assembly Bill 19, which the governor signed, and which ostensibly will offer free tuition to first-year students at community colleges. Sounds like a great deal. There's a lot of fine print, devil in the details. We'll get to that. But Sarah, you went to Naney College, just down the road from us here, and asked some students about how they felt about this possibility of getting free tuition. Yes, Lewis. I went to Laney College, as you said, and I spoke with a handful of students there, uh, one of whom was Freddie Cow, who's a third year at Laney. He's 20 years old. He's majoring in machine technology, and he's paying his tuition out of pocket currently without the fee waiver. He pays about 1200 for the whole year though some low-income students do qualify for some sort of fee waiver at Laney. And I asked him what he thought about this new bill. I think it's more of an incentive and a leeway for people to kind of figure out what they want to do if they don't know what they want to do. Um, I met a lot of people, especially in my high school class, they didn't know what they wanted to do. They just kind of wanted to see what would happen after high school. So having that first free year, I think, kind of helps people get along with that. I also spoke with Erica Pineda, a second year at Laney, and a nursing student. She's gotten a fee waiver, but she thinks this could also help other students. I personally feel like it would help a lot of students, you know, because I feel like that's one thing a lot of students, especially around this era, they probably feel like, uh, I can't afford school right now, so, you know, I have to work. But I feel like that would be a great thing to do. And I also spoke with Melissa Ibarra, who's a first year at Laney College. She gets no financial aid, and she pays about $600 a semester. She agreed, though, that this new policy could have a positive impact on students who are not really sure whether or not they want to attend college. Yeah, I have a younger sibling, and uh, he's not really considering college. But, you know, if he did have the opportunity to go for free for the first year, you know, have books paid for, be enrolled completely free, then... I think he would consider it, and then maybe he'd change his mind about college. Well, it was interesting hearing from those students, but the fine print in this bill does bear some further examination. We're very pleased to have Londe Ojose, who is executive director of California Competes, a nonprofit organization based in Oakland, and she is also chairperson of the California Student Aid Commission to help us go through what this bill does or doesn't say. 
Welcome, Londe. Thank you very much. You want to just tell us what does California Competes do? Sure. California Competes is a nonprofit project of community partners, and we work on the degree attainment gap in the state of California. So we're very interested in ensuring that by 2025, the state has more degrees and credentials, both sub-baccalaureate as well as baccalaureate degrees. Uh, we've estimated that the state needs about 2.4 million more degrees than we're on track to produce by 2025. And so we do the policy work related to trying to figure out how the state can close that gap. Landa, you're also chair of the California Student Aid Commission. I am. So you're dealing with millions of people who are trying to get through college. We are. The California Student Aid Commission gives away almost $2.5 billion a year in student aid to about 400,000 students in the state of California, mostly in the form of Cal grants, but there are other grants as well. So let me ask you, this this bill, AB19, has gotten quite a good deal of publicity. It's basically been billed as giving free tuition for the first year of community college to any student. Is that actually what the bill says? Well, it says that it will give free tuition to any full-time first-year student. And full-time is a really important qualifier there. So if a student decides to come to our community college system and they come in part-time, they are not eligible for these resources. But for a student who takes 12 units or more, they would be eligible, assuming they didn't already receive what was formerly known as the, the BOG fee waiver, which has been renamed in this grant as, I think, the California Promise Grant. They will receive the first year of tuition free. That does sound better than the bog fee waiver, <laughs> it doesn't it? was very so, inappropriately so, named so that, the bog. So that was, a, that was a positive change. But looking at the bill, it does seem to give the community colleges a lot of flexibility. It doesn't say that they have to give free tuition to all first-year students. It says they may. And it also says some or part of the tuition. So to what extent... Are students actually guaranteed that they will get this first year? Or, or how, much, how much flexibility do the colleges have? Well, right now, nothing is guaranteed because uh, while the, the legislation passed, there's no money attached to it. Well, so that's, we're, that's, a, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> it is a problem, and I'm sure that the authors of the bill will be working on that in the next legislative session. But assuming that this is eventually funded, there is a fair amount of legislation that is built into this bill. I think that the language says that they may provide in the form of uh, a tuition. But what we know about college students, and particularly our state's community college students, is that tuition is not the biggest barrier for them to attend college. Increasingly, it's the cost of living and the total cost of attendance that really drives the, the affordability crisis that our California community colleges students face. Because isn't the tuition at California community colleges one of the great bargains in the country, actually maybe in the world, $1,000 plus to basically have a full course load, and uh, then you can transfer to UC or CSU, or any, any other four-year institution. That thereafter. is true. We have very low tuition in California. Uh, it's about $46 per unit for a student to attend. And if they attend, you know, 12 credits every semester, it, you know, it comes in at around $1,000 or a, a little more. So it's a, it's a great bargain. It, it is one of the world's best bargains, particularly given the quality of education we generally have here in California. But it's not the biggest barrier for students who are looking to go to college at a community college. So would you, do you think this would be a wise expenditure of funds to give free tuition to students who are already would have gone, who could afford it, or whose families could afford it? Is it or, or do you think the money should be spent on other things? You know, we're in an era now that 
it's hard to argue with anything that's free. <laughs> so I know that there was a lot of um, a lot of enthusiasm, certainly in the legislature and in other places, and I would imagine among students to be able to attend for free. I think this legislation has places where there could have been some improvements and some tweaks, if you will, uh, one of which is around the number of courses that constitutes full-time. Really, if you take 12 credits per semester, you can't get through in two years, or you can't get through in the allotted amount of time that you have to go. So you need 60 units in order to graduate. You'd need to go for at least two and a half years, or you need to take advantage of your summers in order to close the gap. So if if they had moved that to 15 credits, just three credits more, then you could have done it in two years. And so there are little tweaks like that that I think could have strengthened the legislation, and it may still. Isn't it the case, Lande, that most, or in fact, all low-income students are not paying tuition already because there are these fee waivers. It is the case. Approximately a million students out of the 2.1 or 2.2 million students that go to the community colleges do not pay any tuition because they are tuition-free under the California Promise Grant. So again, for those students, they don't benefit at all. And it could be that you could improve their success rates by actually allocating the resources to them in the form of other kinds of benefits, such as addressing the crisis that they face oftentimes in childcare or addressing their needs around transportation. You can't get through college if you can't get to college. If you can't take care of those basics, then you can't be a successful college student. So the free tuition won't matter much if you're not able to fully participate. What I'm hearing you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you're encouraging the community colleges, and there's 113 of them around the state. So a lot of differences in terms of local conditions, but you would be encouraging the community colleges to use the flexibility that this law, AB19, gives them in how they spend those funds, not necessarily just automatically give free tuition to all the students. Yeah, I would certainly say that any good college wants to understand what are the real barriers that their student population is facing. And really, if there's flexibility in those resources, that they should think about how they could use those resources to address the most pressing problems. But I think the biggest thing is I would encourage the legislature to think very carefully about this issue of the total cost of attendance so that we really start getting the resources to students where they have the greatest need. You know, it's very expensive housing in the state of California no matter what region you're in, particularly if you're someplace like the Bay Area or Los Angeles or one of the urban centers. And this does nothing for that. Um, So there's lots of issues that students are are facing. The increased incidence of uh, homelessness, the increased incidence of food and housing insecurity, those are significant problems for our community college students. The increase in food pantries that we see on campuses, we need to be addressing those basic needs as well. So the headline of free tuition, it sounds very appealing, but it doesn't really get at the root of the problem and and the massive expenses that any any full-time college student would have. It doesn't get at the root of the problem. And so we really want to make sure that our students are not only able to get to college because they have free tuition, we want to make sure they're able to get through college because their needs are met and they can study and be successful. We've been talking with Lande Ojose, who is Executive Director of California Competes. Looking forward to staying in touch with you on these and other issues. As do I. Thank you very much. We're going to jump now to preschool, and I'm happy to have Ashley Hopkinson, our early childhood reporter, with us to talk about a bill that the governor signed banning or making it more difficult to expel students from preschool. Ashley, welcome. Thank you for having me. Ashley, tell us about this bill. It just seems extraordinary that you would even need a piece of legislation like this. 
Are students actually expelled from preschool? Students are actually expelled from preschool. And what this bill is aiming to do is to increase protections for those students and also to create a system where state preschool programs will have to do more due diligence if they do believe that a child needs to be expelled from the program. Now, this bill does seem to be an extension of a push in the state generally to reduce suspensions and expulsions across the board, at least in the K-12 system, and also to remove some of the racial and ethnic disparities that have existed in suspension and expulsion rates. Yes, that's correct. The bill, um, actually, they cite in their language that across the country, children in preschool are expelled at three times the rate as children in K through 12, which is a staggering statistic that the authors of the bill have said that they're deeply concerned that this is occurring at a high rate and that it affects children and it also affects their families at a crucial time of development for a child. And we should clarify, this just applies to the state-funded preschools, not to some private preschool. Right. This is for California state preschool program. Okay. Now, I do have to say that we have these statistics from 2011-12, which is the most recent statistics. And it does show that actually a very, very small number of students are actually expelled from preschool. 18, in fact. Several hundred more are suspended, but the number of students actually expelled are pretty small. So this just applies to expulsions, right? Yeah, this is for expulsions. And currently there are no um, specific guidelines and regulations on expulsions for California state preschool programs. So I think one of the goals, one of the intents of the law is to have that regulation in place to say, if you believe a child that is in a preschool program presents a safety risk to themselves or to other children in the program, then you need to go through a series of steps. You need to do the work to show that this is true. And taken steps to try to deal with that behavior. The way it's worded in the bill is to encourage that child's safe participation in the program. So different skills that um, teachers can use or programs could use to try to facilitate a better environment for the child, talking to the parents or the guardians. There are different steps that you can take prior to suspension or even expulsion. Well, I recall a friend of mine's daughter was expelled for biting other kids. So I I imagine that's the kind of behavior that would be very hard for a preschool to tolerate if you couldn't control that. Yes, and I think part of where California has the opportunity to grow in this area is to continue to have training for teachers, trauma-informed training, also to have facilitators at schools, and increase communication with parents and with guardians so that if a problem does arise in terms of behavior, there is a format for discussion. Well, my reading of this is that at least parents now whose children are attending a state preschool program can be assured that preschools won't be taking arbitrary action and expelling their kids. Yeah, I think that's exactly right, that schools are going to have to take reasonable steps to um, maintain a child's participation in a program, and they have to do their due diligence. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week in California education. We didn't go through all 100 bills, but we decided to spare you that agony. But we do have a list of all the bills at edsource.org. I'm Lewis Friedberg, Executive Director of EdSource, with our producer, Sarah Tan. See you next week. <music>